Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker audio journey on MikeRicksecker.com. So welcome to Inside the Upside Down, where tonight we're going to be talking about why we write ghost stories and why we write about our paranormal experiences, which is what I said when I was actually muted. But you know what? Even multi-million dollar shows have their technical glitches and mistakes. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, it's true. It's true. So, all right. So, yeah, we uh, we just came out with a new book. Uh, Encounters with the Paranormal, Volume 4. In fact, uh, we even have a nice little, um, well, that's Adam Tillery's drawing from number three, which there's more fantastic artwork from Adam Tillery in number four. Um, but that is the, uh, that's the cover of number four there, so which features the fairy plantation. And um, yeah, you guys, whew, you guys, <laughs> you guys. You guys submitted a lot. <laughs> There's uh, just over 200 pages worth of content in this book. Uh, a lot of people submitted ghost stories. There are some. Uh, there are a lot of lengthy ones in there too. Um, yeah, it was the most ever that we'd had for contributors for one of the encounters with the paranormal series. So, um, really want to thank you guys for for doing all that. You know, but there's a lot of reasons why why we do this. You know, it's it's not just so that we can, you know, put a book out there so people can buy it and, and make a few dollars, you know. Um, I mean, ultimately that happens, of course, but, you know, that's not why we do it. That's not the, the, the passion that's behind it. And, you know, a lot of it, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into a lot of different reasons as to why we write and, and do different types of writing and, and things like that. Because, you know, Shauna is a writer um, in and of herself as well. <laughs> Um, but you know, the main aspect that I like to point out about this, and yes, part of the proceeds do go to help the different historical locations that we feature, like this one's a fairy plantation. Um, but I mentioned this in each of the forewords is that you're not alone. Almost everybody has a ghost story. And by sharing your experience by, um, yeah, and, and for uh, many of those that have contributed, it was the first time that they talked about a particular experience. And by sharing that, there are others out there that are reading uh, these books and are able to relate to your particular experience. You know, and they've been they've been shut away for a while. They've kept a secret or what have you. And by reading that, you know, they realize that they are not alone. That there are other people in this world that have also had these experiences. That they are not crazy. Um, and it gives them some of that courage to go ahead and open up and, and talk about what they've experienced. And to me, that's that's really the big thing, at least with this particular series of books. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't experience anything for a long time, for a big portion of my life. And then by the time that I did, you know... Um, you know, I, I really wasn't surrounded by a lot of people that were really all that vocal about it. I knew my family didn't, you know, and so, but 
Through the power of haunted buildings everywhere is how you find your people. You know, I just happened to, you know, find mine, you know, working in the same building. And then we started sharing stories. And then our little lights, you know, came on. And then pretty soon other people started coming in and everybody had a story. And that's that's how it starts. It just takes, you know, one person, you know, to be brave enough to come out. Yeah, just and, break that down. Yeah, so you're not only uh, helping yourself by getting it off your chest, but you're also helping somebody else be brave to do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, great story, true story, and it has to do with that house in Edmond that we investigated that was on the show The Haunted. Um, this was before Shauna. Um, but that family there had held their secrets for 20 years. They were all living in the same household. They were all having their own experiences with what was going on there. Some was okay and some others you know, not so okay, and which is why we ended up getting called in. You know, But they, they held on to those secrets for about 20 years until finally one of them piped up at the dinner table and said, so, um, yeah, I've been experiencing this. You know, have you guys had that too? And then boom, they sat there for what they said was like hours just relating different experiences that they had over a couple of decades so they could have been helped much sooner rather than have to go through all these years of you know things building up escalating you know the the the, the son by then the, uh, the older son had already moved out of the house and was gone he did not want to like ever sleep there again because uh, he experienced what he called like a, a wrestling match that he couldn't see going around in his room so somebody some entities fighting in his room and things are getting knocked over and all that. And then of course, Taliesin was seeing the thing with the red eyes, which is when we came into it. But yeah, I mean, because they didn't feel comfortable opening up about it. And so that's a big thing about this book series is that you know, there's people from all walks of life that have contributed to this, people from all over the, the world, you know, uh, stories from all over the world, you know, so there's like a little bit of everything in there that, you might not be able to be able to relate to my story or Shauna's story, but you know, you might be able to relate to Tom's or Vanessa's or Donna's or you know Stephanie, who we just had on um, you know the show uh, Edge of the Rabbit Hole here a few minutes ago. Um, you know, so you might be able to relate to somebody else's story that's in there. Is Dawn in there still? Um, I hope I never I relate to any of your stories, Dawn. <laughs> yeah, if I ever start seeing the spiders. astral or ghostly oh, yeah. spiders of any kind, yeah, I'm gonna be hunting somebody down to find an off switch. Yeah, she had she had that story in number three, the third one. Um, no thanks. Yeah, and Adam did a great job with that. Thanks, um, Adam. That one too that illustration so uh since i did mention tom mcnicholas gotta throw out there happy birthday tom happy birthday <laughs> happy birthday so and i did see people down there um commenting about the uh okay, when to receive the copies of encounters with paranormal four so here's the weird thing about amazon so i know tom already has this copy because he went ahead and ordered one anyway even though he gets a free one and so, you know, two-day shipping, and boom, Amazon, you know, sends it. And Amazon does the printing for Haunted Road Media, yet if you order through the publishing services, which is how I have to order everything through for everybody, 
Um, it, it's taking, when it comes up to the holidays, it's like from October all the way through the new year. The shipping time on it is ridiculously slow. So it would normally take like a week and a half, which isn't too bad, you know, seven to 10 days, you know. Um, it, it's, it takes a couple of weeks now. So um, so some of you, um, you might get them next week. You might get them the week after. I don't have much control over that, but I've put in the orders. So it is what it is. <laughs> I've never even read it yet. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've never even, I haven't even read it yet. So. Well, no. I I'm mean, patient. Yeah. So we'll be getting a box of like 20 of them though for because we'll have them we we should have them in time we should um at least that was the estimated time we should have them in time for the dark history event i read i read beat three and candy's stories though yeah trying to help with a little bit of the editing there so yeah <laughs> um so ten dollar super chat from andrew cox what about shadow spiders ghosting buddy Shut up, Andrew. <laughs> Those don't exist. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, and if they well, don't exist in my mind. Apparently Dawn and Stephanie have both seen them. Dawn much me, more so. To me, they don't. They don't exist to me personally. So if I feel that strongly about them, hopefully I will never see them. But see, here's a cool thing that we just happened with that last show. Okay. So Dawn submitted her story last year. She's been experiencing her stuff for years with the spiders yeah. stephanie last show basically just confirmed what dawn had been experiencing she had a similar experience not as much as dawn has experienced but she still still did have a similar experience as dawn. a dinner plate sized tarantula coming at me on my from my ceiling i would have died dawn has one's bigger than that coming out of her closet Ugh. but basically she just confirmed Ooh. boom you know, yes, that happens. Coming out of your clock. Well, keep the door shut. Does that matter? I don't remember. It's been a while <laughs> since I... I would be bolting that closet. <laughs> I mean, no. I would probably just take the closet out. You know, just board it up. You know, may, maybe make it an, um, another room or an addition to the room that's on the other side or something like that. So I just, I just don't have a closet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, and Donna saying that uh, her spider had red eyes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Stephanie said anything about the eyes, but just the fact that, excuse me, <laughs> just the fact that it was a uh, ethereal or astral spider or something like that. Mm. Um, it, to to me, that's at least a part of that confirmation, um, which is why we invite people to share these stories. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Pamela Rainey, I'm gonna hit show on that one. She says, "Fuck <laughs> spiders." Yeah, yeah, that's what I say. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, I think just all around, you know, it, it's a good thing sharing your sport, sharing your story like that, so that others can connect with it. For some people who have um, submitted stories, and I'm not gonna name names on, on this, but I think for some people that have submitted stories um, to these books, I think it's also become therapeutic for them. Because you know, th maybe they haven't related the story before, or this is the first time that they've had a chance to actually write down what happened to them. And you know, I've, I've had people that have just you know, thanked me for giving them the opportunity 
to write their story and have it published um, because they, they just need to get it off their chest. And so right. I, I think it becomes a bit therapeutic for them. I believe that, you know, talking about your experiences and stuff like that, you know, when you're ra trying to rationalize stuff inside your head, sometimes it helps to just say it out loud, you know, especially if it's something that's really like traumatic, like dramatic, you know, especially if it's something that's really kind of overwhelming and stuff like that, or the, the stuff that keeps you up at night, you know, um, I feel it's, it's just like, just like purging, you know, it gives you, it gives it less energy inside. So it's a little easier to deal with to just get it out. That's the way I look at it. So um, Don is saying, I asked my brother what he thought of my story about spiders in volume three, and he would not reply. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom McNicholas says, I was never asked to write down my stories before. Well, yeah. you, and you're in there, so you got that opportunity, which is awesome. So yeah, I mean, sometimes it's a, it's a first opportunity for people to be able to do so. Um, Sharon Lane says, I write paranormal fiction as therapy. I write for myself. And, and a lot of people do that, which is which is great. Yeah, it is like a form of, of therapy, you know, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or however somebody wants to be able to relate their story or what they're feeling or whatever's going on, you know, inside. I think, uh, you know, I want to write. I do. Um, maybe I should just do audiobooks. <laughs> Because I can talk all day long. It seems like I can say anything, but when it comes to like the start or putting the words down, I'm like, so okay. Well, maybe but I can talk all day long. Well, maybe you should just do your own podcast because when you do an audio book, basically it's structured. You're, you're reading. You're reading the book, so you would ba you basically have to write it down first and then read it, and then you have your audio book. So maybe you should just do a podcast. <laughs> We got all podcast. the equipment here. Start start with like doing Facebook Live stuff. When <laughs> I, I work during prime Saturday time. Saturday mornings with Shauna. Oh God! I mean <laughs> Saturday Shauna. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's an idea though. I mean, hmm. you know. Um, so per Andrew, could spiders be another type of crawler? Um, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I understand. And I understand, literally, though, I understand why yeah. the question because they are literally crawling. But no, I, th I think they're two different entities. I think they're two different types that of entities. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, it, I get it. <laughs> Sharon Lane says, "Shauna, you need to write your book, please." I don't. I if if I'm gonna do it, it's gonna be about. I gotta do this. I, I don't even know. <laughs> so Tom McNicholas says Adam is now going to draw spiders. Tommy has. He has. Yes, yes. So we're going to show you. Gross. No, yep. I don't want it's, to it's it. happening. So Ew. yeah, I got to go to this one because that's going to be in the correct directory. So here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, God. It's right here. Spiders of darkness. Ugh. There they are. Yuck. Yep. Gross. I mean, because you got the one big one, you got all these little ones Oof. up in there. So that's from Dawn's story from volume three. Thanks, Don. Spiders of <laughs> darkness. So uh, Tim says, if Shauna writes her book, um, I am a guaranteed sale. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, Tim. Um, yeah, and so they're all laughing down there about spiders. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I had, I had a, I had a 
pop up in my memories, you know, the see your memories thing. Some of my status is about spiders that I've had over the years. Oh, yeah, the one you read me last night was ridiculously <laughs> funny from like four years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, because that poor man, it was pretty entertaining for him. But there was a jumping spider in my car. I thought it was on the outside of my windshield, right? So I was going to turn on my, my wipers and fling the little bastard and... It wasn't on the outside, it was on the inside. And it jumped from my dash. Meanwhile, I'm trying not to wreck my car because it's inside the vehicle with me. So I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, where am I gonna pull over, where am I gonna stop, you know? Thankfully, in Illinois, there's a lot of country roads and there's a lot of wide open spaces <laughs> and stuff to pull, you know, there's no traffic or anything. So so, uh, so I, I very quickly pulled over and there was somebody behind me who was honking the horn and stuff like that but in my defense that thing jumped from my dash to my passenger seat if it had jumped over to me um i would not be sitting here today because i would probably have wrecked and died i mean for real but i'm like i get out of my car right and i go and i open the passenger side door and i'm screaming at the spider to get the hell out okay like it's gonna listen to me uh, but then I'm doing the gross, what do I do? Where do I go? I can't kill it because I don't want to touch it. I don't want to be near it. And then this guy <laughs> comes along and he's laughing. You know, he's like, ma'am, are you okay? You know, and I was like, no, you know, there's a spider. It, it, it jumped. It's a jumping spider and it's big and it's in my car. Can you kill it? Right. And so he's like, so he takes off his shoe Okay, and he's gonna, so he goes in to do it and he backs up. He's like, wow, that's really big. <laughs> you know, and I was like, but you still have to kill it, you know, please kill it. You know, so he, he murdered it for me <laughs> and then um, puts his shoe back on. And I had, a, I had a shirt in my back seat that I was basically kind of using for a dust rag whenever I dusted out the inside of my car, just an old hold up t shirt, right? So we used that to scoop up the remains, or he did after I convinced him that he had to be the one to do it because I couldn't do it. And I told him, it's like when you kill somebody, it's your responsibility to dispose of the body. So since you killed the spider, you have to dispose of its remains. So we did. Shauna talking about body disposal. Right, you know, I had caution tape in my trunk. Just in case, you never know when you need to. You know, never know when you're gonna need to rope off an area. And that's, I've said that, that. I have said said that. that. It's awesome. People are, why you have caution tape in your trunk? Well, you never know when you're gonna need to rope off an area. Yep. So yeah, that's my (laughs) spider story. So one more comment about spiders, we'll get back on topic here. So uh, B3 Aerospace says wolf spiders jump. Um, Yeah, my first ever encounter with a wolf spider, and then like like I said, we'll get back on topic. Um, Woken up in the morning, was you know headed, about to get ready for work, all that stuff. Um, I didn't have my glasses on. Of course, I'm wearing contacts right now, and my my vision is terrible. I have like 2,500 vision, and you know, I'm looking down, and I see what seems to be a, a sizable something crawling across the floor. So I just I assume spider. Okay, I'm look I'm looking down, looking down. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that is a spider. So I'm wearing my slippers, so I just I step on it, and it didn't just squish. It went like poof. <laughs> and I saw like this little cloud. Oh my god, come out. no. And I'm like, what the Maybe hell is that? 
<laughs> so I look like down really close. I'm like, holy shit. And I see all these little tiny spiders going all over the place. I'm like, holy crap, what the oh, hell was no, that? No. And so I'm like, stop, 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 and get the rest <laughs> oh, of them. That was my God. first encounter with the wolf spider. I was like, holy crap. Just look at her. I would have died. I'm gonna have nightmares. <laughs> it would it would oof. <laughs> Gross. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. So, um, so back on topic, now that we've had our spider moment, um, Sharon Lane is saying, Shauna, at least another episode about the haunted cafe. Now, she did write a story mm. in, I think it was number two, about the cafe, and that's when yeah. Byron came in. That's when Byron and happened. So, that story is in um, Encounters with the Paranormal Volume 2. So that um, building is for sale still for $800, but you have to buy it as is without looking inside of it. Oh, is that the final information you got on it? Yeah. You have to buy it as is without looking. They don't even have keys. They'd have to basically get permission to break in. I'm okay. like, well, well, didn't you find out who had the keys? Nope. I know you're working on nope, it. You never found out. Talking to Jeannie, who's probably not watching, but she's she doesn't have keys anymore, and um, she, and she said doesn't know so. who she gave them to. She just done with the building and just so didn't have keys to? she didn't she the, what she do with the keys locked it and walked away and then um okay for a while but for a little the bit there. there or walk no, off she just threw the keys done. into the yard she's, no just done just got rid of keys done okay but got rid of the keys where well i guess they no longer exist in her realm of existence <laughs> she's just gone she no longer has the keys love how cryptic this is yeah so she no longer has keys, but the place that has the building now still lists her as prior owner. And she said that as far as she was concerned, you know, as far as she knew, she wasn't still okay. the owner. And well, we so have some I was more like, follow up to do on that. Cause I want to yeah. get in there and I don't know if I just want to drop $800 on a building that is probably going to be condemned anyway. I mean, you know, the, the front floor is and be responsible in. for it. Yeah. Yeah. The front floor is caved in. So at least wanted to get in and you know look and see how bad it is you know even if it's going to be condemned i just wanted to get in there just one more time right just to you know even just to get just closure because i never really got to say you know goodbye at all i mean you know i just uh i stopped being able to get in there you know as often and then finally you know, we just didn't have access anymore. And um, I just want to know if he's still in there, you right. know, or if anybody's still. I just want to know who's still in there. Yeah, just kind of one last little. Yeah. And I've never been in there, so I've always wanted to at least get in there one time and just check it out because I've heard so much about it through all of Shauna's stories, which you could literally write a cafe book. You could. I was talking to Rita. I don't know if she's watching or not. I was talking to her and I was like, we really need to write a book. You could write a book and through Hunter Road Media and there you go. She's a wonderful writer. Rita right. is a wonderful writer and very little editing. Nice. Hardly any editing at all. <laughs> that woman can write like a dream. So I'm saying that would be an easy book to get out there. And I told her, I was like, even if it's just, you know, one day a week, yep. get together and just 
get that thing hammered out because it's a good one. Just collab on it and publish there it. You get go. it out there. There you go. Tom McNicholas says you should write your stories that you're scared of. It can help. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's mm -hmm. a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways that writing the stories can help. I mean, you know, through, through our books, you know, like with the encounters with the paranormal books, um, you know, helps in a couple of different ways. I mean, kind of like what we were talking about earlier with people being able to connect with some of the different stories that, um, you know, people can relate to. Of course, we talked um, quite a bit about um, being, you know, therapeutic for the people that are writing it. And then, of course, you know, part of the sales go to uh, help these different places. So, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that it can help. Um, you know, and even, you know, and even some of these other, um, you know, I would even say like my Ghosts of Maryland book, um, the Ghosts and Legends of Oklahoma, which aren't through Haunted Road Media. That was before I started Haunted Road Media. Um, you know, people are being made aware of those locations and, you know, being made aware of some of those ghost stories. So even on, you know, some level, um, you know, people can relate to some of the experiences and people are made aware of these places and, you know, kind of drive some tourism to some of these different places and it helps them out, you know, so, um, beat through airspace asks, how many spirits do you think are in the cafe, Shauna? Oh my God. Um, well, <laughs> there, there were at least just just the regular ones that were in there the ones that we heard all of the time um we knew there was a native american in there uh there's like a whole family in there um one two three four five six seven there, there was a there were at least at all times um eight to ten different spirits in there that we knew by name um and but that doesn't count the ones that were just kind of passing through <laughs> mm -hmm. um where we would hear different you know voices that we hadn't heard before um and then some of them i i could positively id just because i knew them when they were alive and so and, and i had actually seen them in full you know apparition form like they're just boom there you know um, and then to hear their voice on audio also, you know, I mean, there was no, like, I'm very seldom a hundred percent sure about anything. I'm hundred percent sure about some of the ones that I had seen in there and that I had heard on audio. Um, you know, just because I knew them when they were still alive. Right. So, um, I didn't, you know, I never knew Byron, of course, because oh, he was long before you, he was long <laughs> before me. He was there before the building. Um, he wasn't even attached to the building itself. He was just attached to the property. Um, and then, you know, there's there's a little girl in there also. And um, we don't believe she was attached to the building at all either. We think she was attached. And I kind of feel like she probably uh, drowned on the property mm. um, just because uh, whenever she manifested, uh, it was always with wet feet. Right. Yeah, I so, remember you mentioning her before. And none of the others, you know, Byron didn't do that. Um, I had never, I had seen her. And, and to be honest, whenever I first moved to the area, um, I, I was just randomly talking to the lady in the, po to uh, one of the ladies that works at the post office. And uh, we were talking about how one morning uh, the power went out and my alarm didn't go off. But somebody, I very vaguely remember um 
somebody waking me up and um my kids weren't there it was on a weekend and they were with their dad and I but in in my half awake you know state I thought it was one of them and then I realized you know I didn't have any girls first of all and then my kids weren't there so who woke me up you know and then so I was just randomly just talking out loud to myself while I'm getting the mail trying to figure it out you know and then she overheard me and she was like oh where do well where do you live and so I was like, uh, oh, I was thinking out loud. That's great, you know, <laughs> great. I just moved back home to the area and already people are gonna think I'm nuts. So uh, so I just blurted it out there. She's like, oh yeah. She goes, there's like three or four houses in this area that have little girls. She just comes and wakes them up. I'm like. Nice. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> there you go. There we go, you know. I was like, do you know these people? Because, you know, I'm going to talk to everybody about it now. And everybody else is experiencing the same thing. So, but then I started, I remember her voice. And um, at first I thought it was the first, uh, first little girl that I encountered, like ever. You know, the very first one, first ghost that I saw. Uh, at first I thought it was her. Uh, but the voices were different. And then we, I started hearing that same little voice in the cafe and so kind of figured that maybe maybe she might following you around you know hang out there or that she just hangs out there yeah well this was before i even started working at the cafe i hadn't started working there yet so i don't know if she came from there and just was hitting everybody up in the vicinity yeah maybe she's going around the town yeah so i don't know so Rick Gabbert asked me, oh, and we have a $10 super chat here from Tom McNicholas. Uh, it says, put this towards buying the cafe. No. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, I could buy the cafe, but it is such a liability. Um, just, you know, with the insurance that we'd have to get on and everything, because somebody could break in there or fall down the freaking you know, into the basement because there's no floor in the in the begin in the front of the first floor. Um, it floods all the time. I mean, it's a building that should really be probably be condemned. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't seen it structurally, but from everything that I've heard, it's been sitting there for a few years now with no work on it whatsoever. It's it would be a major liability. So I just while it's extremely cheap for a building. Um, there's there's a lot of cons that go along with it yeah so. i mean i do want to call and do a follow-up and be like look i've talked to your previous owner that you have listed and then i've talked to you you know somebody took you know this this place that doesn't have keys you know somebody you know took off you know whatever locks were in place before and just jimmied something else you know, there, and well, you can I mean, see is there inside. anybody that can just like give us like a little bit of permission to be like, yeah, you can walk in, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but that would, they would be assuming that liability. So. Right. I mean, you know, I know they don't know me from Adam, but you know, if when I say something happened at home, I mean, if something happens to me, I know the risk that happened at home. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an adult, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, go intentionally you know, put myself at risk, you know, with the intention to make money off of, you know, people like that. That's that's not what it's about. I have insurance, right? you know, so if I get hurt, you know, I, I fell, <laughs> you know, yep. 
it is what it is. I, I fell. So. All right. So from Rick Gabbert, um, have you ever been to Gettysburg before, Mike Ricksecker? Yeah, I, I used to live about 45 minutes from there. So I've been, <laughs> I've been to Gettysburg uh, several times. Um, I haven't really written about Gettysburg. Just, I mean, the, the one book I did was Ghost of Maryland, which is probably the closest, which probably I think it got a couple of little mentions just because of the proximity. Um, I know there's like one little video on this channel somewhere concerning Gettysburg. It's an old one. Um, yeah, I've been there several times. Love it. It's a fantastic historic location. Um, in a lot of ways, it's also been overdone in, in, to some degree, um, just because everybody everybody goes there, everybody loves it, everybody covers the paranormal there. Um, I'm, I'm always willing to get back there whenever the opportunity arises. Um, so yeah, it's a great place. So um, getting back on topic though. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, why we write about um, you know paranormal experiences and ghost stories and things like that. Um, you know, and we covered a lot of great reasons for the encounters book, but uh, some of the other things that, that we write about, you know, there's a lot of paranormal research that we do. Um, so, you know, part of the writing is in trying to figure out and determine, um, you know, whether it's like paranormal history or, um, you know, supernatural activity or something like that, where we're trying to, you know, take that research that we've done and try to organize it and try to figure out different aspects of the paranormal. And that's where a lot of the videos come into play too. And a lot of the topics that we cover on, you know, inside the upside down edge of the rabbit hole and, you know, some a lot of the other videos, um, you know, we're trying to hash out a lot of those different ideas. And so like, well, I'm in the middle of writing, you know, writing the shadow person book. Um, so it all comes into, uh, into play into writings like that. Um, and not just the books themselves, but also, I mean, I, I don't do it as often anymore because of time i just don't have all the time but like a blog and stuff like that um but it, it comes out a lot in the videos i guess um and then the other thing that we've talked about a lot of times here on uh haunted road media channel is passing on that information so you know we're, we're bringing in um all of this information we're researching we're discovering things that have been lost to time and you know, we need to pass that information on, otherwise it's going to get lost again. Like the cemeteries that we were just at, those cemeteries are essentially lost to time. They're back there in the woods and, you know, people don't remember that they're back there. But we've done that also with the research that we've done, like you coming across those, um, you know, ghost stories, those articles, those old articles from Alton, mm. excuse me, from the late 1800s and early 1900s. You know, so, you know, we're doing stuff with that. You know, and that, that was, was some a great find. stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> great stuff in there. Yeah, so amazing things that have been lost Old in time, and people stories. just yeah, and people just don't even realize that they're there. And there's, I saw that I think it was Sharon Lane had asked if if we're doing um, some more things on Alton, um, or if there's another Alton video coming out. And yeah, there is because in that research that we've done, um, we've found some interesting connections between a couple of the ghost stories and some incidents that happened within Alton. And so when that first episode comes out, you know, it's basically like two different stories. They were both found by Shauna <laughs> um, from back then in these old news articles and just researching them independently and then finding out that they have a common thread that go together was very, very cool. So I'm really looking forward to that first episode coming out. 
Um, but yeah, that's you know another another thing right there where the writers back then, you know, they're writing those ghost stories. You know, 100, 125 years ago, they were writing that stuff. And some of the stuff was really funny, too. Oh, the way they write it, yeah. His ghost ship. His ghost ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it would be like his lordship or something like that, but they would say his ghost ship. It's funny. Um, so yeah, so you're even learning about how you know they used to write back then, but those guys back then were chronicling those events. Mm-hmm. You know, and without that, without those people writing back then, a hundred and one hundred twenty-five <laughs> years ago. Um, you know, Michelle Hamilton's coming out with a book with us here uh, very soon, where she stepped back even a, a few years further into the past, about 150 years ago of the Civil War. Hers, hers are specifically around the Civil War time frame, and so those people were chronicling um, ghost stories and, and paranormal events and all that back then, 150 years ago. And so, you know, while there are journalists and all that, they're still chronicling. The news at the time and the events that happened for yeah the people at the at that time to learn about and experience and maybe some of those stories got passed down through word of mouth i don't know how many people may have saved some clippings from back then or whatever but um you know thanks to you know the newspapers keeping an archive of their distribution um, and libraries doing the same, those are accessible to us now. And so, you know, 150 years later, we're able to access that and see this, you know, chronology of, um, or this archive of, you know, ghost experience and paranormal experiences from, from back then, you know. So that's another reason, it's just as a record, you know, so it's passed on to the next generation. You know, instead of reinventing the wheel we can look back then and say, oh, okay, this was happening and this was happening and that's the way this went down and this happened there. You know, information that we didn't have before. So, um, real paranormal activity, the podcast, continuing to eat popcorn. Donna <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gordon, would you ever buy a haunted location for research purposes? Well, if we bought the cafe, that would essentially be the purpose of it. I would yeah. not open it back up as a cafe. No, no. I, mean, I, I, w I wouldn't have, I mean, that's, that's not where my passion is, is in running a cafe or no. a store or whatever out of there. So it would only be for. Only be. For paranormal purposes. Yeah. So it, not even, and we'd have to be careful with that. Because um, I, I think some of these different, Places that are trying to open up as paranormal research locations are are treating the spirits like guinea pigs, and that I would not want that to happen. Those those spirits in there, at least some of them, um, uh, were were had become like friends, like almost like family. Like I was did not want to leave them. I did not want to move from the area. Um, I would have stayed there, you know. I mean, my own family lives there, right. but, um, you know, but I was near the boat and I was near the cafe, you know, I was just near every, everything was just, you know, right there. And I had built up, you know, from going in there just daily, sometimes daily, nightly, every day, every night. And I was always in there, uh, even if just for five minutes, just real quick in and out, you know, 
um, and to have, you know, one-on-one, you know, conversations, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, where sometimes be like, I, I know, you know, please let somebody else be going through this because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, nobody would ever believe me except for, you know, the people that, you know, investigate in there with me. Um, so yeah, I really need to write all this stuff down. Yeah, <laughs> write down those experiences. And uh, B3 Airspace was also saying that you need to do a uh, audiobook. You definitely have the voice for it. <laughs> I love to talk. I love to talk. Um, I'm a phone person. You know, I'm a face-to-face person. You know, I can speak to just, you know, a camera. I can speak to a room full of people. I don't, I don't care. I just like to talk. But whenever I go to write down what I'm talking about, you know. Oh, you're a fantastic writer as well. Whatever just severs. It's like, boom. You know, only when I'm like crunch time, like I have to get this out, like I usually am for the encounter. Yeah, yeah. Usually Shauna's last minute on getting the story out. I'm not the only (laughs) one now. Yeah, but I'm also the publisher and I'm working on everybody else's story. Right. (laughs) So then it's like, okay, I need to pump this out. And then just boom, you know. And then that's, that's how it happens for me. It's like, okay, I don't have a choice. I've got to write it. Um, for me, it's it's um, it's hard to start, you know. And then you know, I have all of these uh, stories and all these thoughts, but I they're just kind of like, well, this happened and this happened and then this happened. This happened. There's no like, you know, glue that leads one into the other. I don't have like the. I don't. I don't um, do things. I don't see. I don't see things i don't you know visualize anything in chapter form it's just always scenes or stories or you know what i mean yeah i got you and so that's my problem and then i'll obsess about it so much trying to be like why can i not get this and then i'll just lose everything that i just had so i'm like well okay so i'll just wait you know i figure it'll either come to me or it won't and i'll just do audiobooks (laughs) there you go um, Donna says, oh, like that UK show Most Haunted makes me nuts how they push for spirits to perform like circus animals, and that's their only go- goal is to get activity. Um, yeah, most shows are like that. Most mm-hmm. shows are just, you know, to push for activity. And um, I've witnessed, I don't know how many paranormal investigations that is just, I and mean, we talk about it all the time here on on the channel about how, you know, it's it's not just about going in and, you know, treating them like guinea pigs and trying to get activity and um you know oh, how many times have we talked about you know walking into somebody's house and saying you know open a door knock on the wall make a sound hit me i mean it's, it's ridiculous there's a way to ask there's a way to get a response without being disrespectful about it you know, it's like, look, you know, we're here, you know, to talk to you, to see you, to interact with you. But first, we have to be able to find you. You know, where, I mean, where are you at? You know, what room are you in? Do you do you want to talk? Do you want to get to know us? Do you, you know, is it okay? You know, could we? We'd well, really we like to. We introduce ourselves first. I and mean, we yeah. treat it like we're, you know, like we're knocking on somebody's door and saying, hello, you know, I'm Mike, this is Shauna. And, you know, we have a whole... Almost like a little process that we do to introduce ourselves. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, this is the room that we're in. This is the building that we're in. You know, I can feel like you're close by, but I cannot see you at all. 
you know, so if you could let me know where you're at, however you want to let me know where you're at, you know, if you want me to see you, fine. If you don't want me to see you, you know, do something so that I can find you in the room. I've explained it before on the boat a thousand times. It's like being blind and not being able to see anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, someone lets you know where they're hiding at and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, when you put it that way, they're like, okay maybe i'll do something you know and to me that's kind of the way they're thinking maybe i'll do something well you gotta build that you gotta build that rapport with the with the spirit first it's you know a lot of these investigations and you know even the first time we go into a place you know it's kind of hit or miss because you know they're just meeting us for the first time and so that's really you know something that's troublesome with like a public hunt or or you know just traveling all over the place and you know we travel um but you know, it, it's so, you know, people are just running in, you're trying to get activity, you know, and the spirit, I can't imagine the spirits, like it's, <laughs> you know, people are running through all the time with the same questions with all these weird gadgets and yeah. Um, you gotta be strange from their perspective. So Betty Lange says, Shauna, do not write it, use a tape recorder and, and tell it and let Mike edit it from a tape recorder. No oh God. You know how long it took time. me. You know how long it took me to transcribe that final chapter <laughs> in the Fairy Plantation book. I thought it was going to take me. It was a. It was an hour long interview, but basically the meat of the the conversation was about twenty minutes, and it took me over three hours to transcribe that. So no. <laughs> you yeah, maybe. Shauna's a very good writer. Um, her story, mm. like the the one that she wrote. Um, for the, not the, her uh, collab with Rob, but the one that she wrote on her own for the Encounters 4, that's all Shauna. Uh, the only thing I did as far as editing was I separated out the paragraphs and there were like a couple of corrections with commas, you know. Um, you know a time I worked that in the middle of the night? Yeah, it was in the middle of the night. It was written very <laughs> was well. Shauna's exhausted. a good writer. Oh my God. She's a good writer. I was like, I don't know if it's perfect, but here it is. Um, Sharon Lane asks, what is your writing process, Mike? Does it come like a wave? That's how fiction is for me. Um, so, oh, my writing process is, is varied because of just the way my life works. Um, <laughs> like my first book, it took me about three years to write. And a lot of it got written during lunchtime. And I would just have to, I, I basically would make myself do it. You know, I had a story that I wanted to get out. And it was like piecing it together little by little methodically. You know, I'm raising very young kids at the time, so um, very busy. And, you know, there was like the last few chapters, it was like, I want to get this out, I want to get this out, I want to get this out. So I was like up late at night just getting it out. Um, So the ghost books, when that came along, a lot of upfront research. It wasn't just like the fiction writing that I did because my first book was a fiction book. Um, and I, I had some, I had some of that story for the fiction book written when I was in high school. You know, I, some of the first lines in that first chapter I actually wrote in high school. So that character has been around for a while. Um, but then when it came to the ghost books, it was a lot of upfront research. It was a a bit different for me, you know, going to all these locations and getting this information and taking the photographs and doing the research, um, interviewing people, uh, very different so it was like i was gathering all this information up front and then spitting it out afterward um my my oklahoma book 
the to get that to meet the the deadline and I wanted it to hit that deadline. Um, I did not want to miss it. I mean, they, Schiffer was really good in that, you know, if you were going to miss a deadline, that's okay. We'll get you the next publishing cycle. And so they push out the, the deadline like six months, but I didn't want to push it out six months. I wanted, I wanted to get it done. So based, I locked myself in a room for a month. <laughs> I mean, I'm dead serious. I'd come home from work, um, make dinner. Hey kids, how's it going? Um, start writing and then, um, you know, come out a couple, you know, a couple hours later is okay. Time for to get the kids to go to bed, get them ready for, for bed and, and all of that. And then after they went to bed, it was like, boom, right back on the room. And, um, you know, for that month, that was, that's basically the way it was. Um, as far as, as far as the way it is now, um, it's like, I'll sit down, it's like, okay, I want to write something. And like the first few minutes, I'm like, how do I want to start this? Where am I going with it? And it's like the first few minutes are a little bit of a struggle. It's like, I, I know in my head what I want to write about, but how do I start it? Where, what's, where do I get going at? Once I start, boom, I'm gone. I'm off to the races. There we go. Um, and that's usually true in most cases. Um, People will ask me about writer's block and things like that. Um, I don't really get that. Um, I, I refuse I refuse writer's block. I mean, I'll get to, like, I'll be writing, 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 and I'll get to a part where I'm like, shit. <laughs> what do I do here? What do I do here? What do I do here? I'll come back to it. I stop. Because so I know what I want to write in other places. And doing the nonfiction stuff is a bit different because it's all, you know, you're doing a location here, you're doing a location there, so it's, it's different. But when you're doing the fiction stuff, I know how, I've, I, know how I want to start. I know the location where I want to start, and I know where I want to go with the story. Everything in between is a journey. And as I'm writing and going along, different things are coming to mind. Oh, I want to have them do this eventually, and I want to have them do that eventually. So I have ideas of where the story is going to go as I start writing. And so if I get stuck in one of those places, I'll stop. And then it's like, well, I know I want to go here with the story. So I'll start writing some of that. And once I get through some of that, it's hit me. Oh, I know how he's going to get there. And I'll go back and, and I'll write that. So that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> so Sharon, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> My book is probably going to start out. Fuck, I have no idea where I'm going with this. But hi, this is who I am. This is where I ended up. Now I'm going to somehow take you guys on the journey to how I even got there. Enjoy. That's probably the, that's, that's probably the beginning of my book. Ah, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Betty says, uh, Mike, Shauna, our chat is like writing personal stories each week, sharing. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways, yeah. You could all, all be is, writers. Yeah. I mean, doing what we do here, sharing, you know, um, sharing about our experiences, sharing about other people's experiences or things that we've learned or whatever. And then, you know, we have the back and forth with the chat room. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's just a different medium. It's, it's the same thing, just a different medium, you know. So instead of writing it down, you know, in a book form and you pick up the book and read it and we're doing it in a video over the internet live you know so um so what else did we miss while i was going on and on and on 
Um, so, Mike, have you written a paranormal how to research and visit places? Um, we did a uh, we did a show on that. A um, it was an inside the upside down on how we do research. Um, I have in the past done a like a nuts and bolts presentation on that, where the I movie mean, get into um, you know the different like online resources or going to the county clerk, um, the tax records, different mapping resources. Um, you know, uh, you know, old newspaper archives, you know, all kinds of different things. So, um, find a grave is a good resource. You know, there's a lot of different resources out there. So we do have a video out on that. And uh, like I said, I used to do a, a presentation on that kind of a nuts and bolts for paranormal investigators. Um, I've been doing the shadow people now for the past year. And there was a history in the paranormal uh, working relationship presentation. I guess I've given different ones, but yeah, the research was definitely one. Um, so it's in the channel. It's on the channel, yeah. Somewhere in our 600 so videos. So there's, yeah, somewhere in the 600 videos. So yeah, there's an inside the upside down, but there's, we have a playlist that's, um, what is it? Real ghost tips and tricks and how to's um, is the playlist. I think that's the name of the playlist. Um, so you can go into our playlist section on the channel and scroll down there. You'll find it. So we have like a ghost hunting 101 in there. The, the research one is in there. Some other uh, videos. <clears throat> Hashtag binge watch with us. Um, Donna says you can get a job voicing audiobooks, but usually don't voice your own book. Um, actually, there are quite a few people do voice their own book, and I actually prefer it when the author does voice their own. I always find those better. Uh, because they are able to, they're able to put the passion into it and and say the things and enunciate the things the right way or the way that they want it to be heard. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien reading from The Hobbit and doing Gollum is like that's awesome. <laughs> Listening <laughs> to that, um, uh, was a good one that I listened to recently. Um, some months ago, uh, Gary V's latest book, Crushing It. He goes off topic, like outside the text, like all the time throughout it. So it's just, it's kind of funny and humorous to listen to. He's just kind of like, oh yeah, on the side note, it's just one, and he just like goes off on this tangent. <laughs> like, all right, I'm gonna come back. <laughs> like this one's for, just for you, listener. This one's not in the book. <laughs> He'll go off on something else. Um, what, what's, um, yeah, there, there's some good ones out there where, um, What's his name? Um, can't even think. Graham Hancock. Um, he's got one of those, you know, cool English voices, and he he reads all of his own stuff. Um, you know, and I found that like because Graham does a lot of the um, ancient origins type of stuff. That, um, like, I've been listening to one now from Andrew Collins on Gobekli Tepe. And there's somebody else reading that book, and he mispronounces like half the stuff of the different locations and even people's names, and it's like um, really annoying. Where I know that if Andrew Collins was reading it, he would say those names the right way because I've seen I don't know how many interviews with him. So um, yeah, so I, I prefer ones where the author's reading it. Um, what else you guys got? And that's the writing process question. Okay, so I've, I've 
picked all those. Um, so, um, I don't know what else we got, guys. <laughs> um, you guys are talking about RPA's app. Okay. Sharon Lane, would you like to do screenwriting for movies? Different skill set, but very interesting. Well, I mean, my fiction writing, I've always seen as film. Um, yes, yeah, so screenwriting is a, is a different animal. And so I've had people suggest for the fiction stuff to put it into screenplays, and I've just never made that conversion. Um, it's like it plays out in a movie in my head, but I've... And I have a, a manual on all different writing styles, whether it's, um, it's a great resource because it's, um, it, it basically lays out how you do things like a synopsis, like um, how to do query letters, um, you know, how to do outlines and all, and all of that stuff when you're, um, you know, how to do your manuscript and format the actual, you know, like a book manuscript, um, you know, how to do book proposals. And then one of them in there is screenplays. <laughs> so, but I've never sat down to try to figure all that out. So, um, someone else can convert it to screenplay. <laughs> I don't have time. Um, so, Betty Ling, have you ever had a loss of words to describe your stories? I don't know. I'm kind of wordy. <laughs> Yeah, if someone, if I get started telling a story, I can tell a story um, and go on and on and on. Uh, writing it down is a whole different ballgame for me. I'm yeah. at a loss for words if I have to put it into writing, but I can tell a story just boom. Yeah, my, my issue is when I'm at a quote-unquote loss of words, it's because like even live here right now, my brain will jump ahead of what I'm speaking and so then I'll get a little flustered or tongue-tied or whatever because my, my brain is gone like you know a minute into the future and my mouth is still catching up to what's already gone through my head so <laughs> then I'll be like oh wait you know try to keep it together <laughs> so that's when I'm like uh, buh, 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 buh. <laughs> so my thoughts um, are usually my own I think every once in a while I hear voices <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't think it's the kind that requires medication or anything. But just every medication. once in a while. Every once in a while, I'm just like, it's like, who's that? You know? I'm like, See, I don't feel I like anybody. comments like this. Sharon Lane saying, Betty, the chat here is great because of people like you. Yeah, That's Betty. That's awesome. Betty has a ton of questions. Yeah, they're like always it. great questions. So does Sharon. So does Sharon, yeah. So does so do a lot of you down there. Then, then there's you lurkers. All you lurkers. <laughs> there. So um, RPA, you're fine. You, you, you guys can chat about what you want. Oh, yeah. you're, you're fine to talk about your app. That's fine. Yep. <laughs> it's okay. What's the app? I need to apologize. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I caught bits and pieces of it. I was looking for the bold text for the questions. So not ask. Tom McNicholas saying that's how news reporters work, Mike. So. Um, <laughs> Betty Lang, you say, Mike, your time, your mind is time traveling. Yep. <laughs> um, Spooky says, first time I submitted a paranormal story to a magazine, they asked me to cut it in half. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it it depends on the um, yeah the the paper or magazine or whatever, and you know, a lot of times they'll have submission guidelines or rules where they're like, you know, we only want so many words or keep it between this or what have you. <laughs> I, I mean, even even for encounters, even for our encounters, I said, you know, about 500 to 1500 words. And we had some that were less than 500 and some more that were more than 1500. So, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not strict. I'm like, I'm happy that somebody sent in a story and shared their experience. So I haven't been picky about that yet. Yet. <laughs> But most people keep it between that, which is which has been good. Um, let's see, Melissa, Melissa Smelko is saying I'm a new lurker. Ah, called <laughs> a new you lurker out, comes girl. out. A new lurker comes out of hiding. That's called awesome. Called you out. All right. See. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love that's it. It's funny. I know who an old lurker is. Adam Tillery. Yeah, Adam Tillery. <laughs> You know he's back there. Although he was a little bit more vocal in the in the Edge of the Rabbit Hole show, he was coming out of hiding there probably because he saw some of his artwork being displayed. Right. Yeah. It's an amazing artwork. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tammy Eitzman saying, "I have no idea how long mine was." Yours, Tammy. Yours was like right there in the middle somewhere. It was good. It was yeah, good. I'm a, I'm and very well a... written, by the way. Tammy's a good writer. Yeah, I, I haven't. I'm I didn't impressed. write it. I didn't read hers. Like I said, I only read the ones that I edited. <clears throat> Um, and mine. I didn't even read yours. You're behind. I know. I suck. You know what? This is totally off topic, but go to, like, if you're not near its raining zen, go to uh, Republic of Tea, the website, get their peppermint bark tea. Oh my God. It is so good. Like, I've been drinking it every night. I hope there's nothing like bad in it because it'll kill it's me. Good stuff. I've been drinking a lot of it. So, uh, Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast says, question, when you get or hear a story, how do you decide if it's BS or not? I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I'm the wrong person to ask about that because I don't trust many people. But at the I don't know. I guess, side, it, I, I guess if, you know... It, it contains a a guy named Zach, and there's exclamation like "oh!" I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, there's you, a flip side for me. There's yeah, a. I mean, there's. <sighs> I I would be it'd be easier for me to tell if I could see the person when they're telling their story, you know, because you you can see the written word or whatever, but you can't. You know, the energy that a person gives off, sometimes you can tell if it's BS or not. Um, your your yeah, sense. Like Tammy said, it's a demon, that. dude. Uh, I don't think we've published one demon story. Yeah. I think I think that everything that comes out of Zach's mouth is bullshit. Yeah. But, well, but, I mean, he's, I, 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 I use him as an example, but there's a lot of people that, that claim that they're seeing demons all the time. I had somebody on one of our videos a few years ago saying that they've been a demonologist since they were 12 years old. I'm not going to believe that. No, you're not a demonologist not. at 12 years old. So, I mean, some of it is just like you know, common sense, you know, just common sense stuff. Now, if she was saying that she was not calling it a demon, but saying I was seeing this, I was seeing that, and just describing it, not—I guess that's a big thing. 
you know, not labeling what specifically it is and just saying this is what I saw. This, you know, there's, you know, dangly arms or something dark or, you know, whatever it is, just kind of describing the features and not labeling it. I'm more apt to believe that than somebody just saying, yeah, I saw a demon, boom. I I am pretty hardcore in my line of questioning whenever people tell me stories too. Because 99% of the time, the first thing I'm probably gonna ask is if you're on any medication at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, because I, I wanna know, you know, are you, is there something chemical causing you to hallucinate? You have something going on that requires medical attention or are you haunted? Is there something going on? Are you actually seeing this stuff? You know, that's why the whole people that, you know, chemically hear voices, you know, where they have like the imbalance, you know, people that hear stuff or where there's, you know, brains to show there's something going on compared to someone who doesn't have that going on, but they steer your voices. What does theirs look like? I want to, I want to get, you know, in to the medical end of it. I want to know like this person has this going on and this is what their skin looks like. You know, I don't have that going on, but I still hear voices and stuff. What does mine look like compared to what theirs look like? And then I want to compare it and see, okay, so this is what it looks like for someone who doesn't have this going on, but this is what it looks like. I'm going to ask if you're on medication. I mean, I just, I just want to know, you know, I want to know what you've got going on. I sound in my business, you know, what you've got going on chemically, medically, whatever, but it's going to be well, in my mind. But you know, but to some degree, it is when you're going into a case. Like, I mean, we don't do as much of them these days, but, um, you know, I mean, basically the I hope people... I didn't offend anybody. Basically the, people, I, basically the people that ask us these days to, to go into like a residential case we know or we have known or whatever. Um, but... Um, like the the prior incarnation of Society of the Haunted when we were working out in Oklahoma, we were we were primarily um, residential cases. And so our case manager, one of the questions that she would ask, she had a list of them. You know, she would ask about you know medications and mental illness in the family and all of that stuff. You know, to try to weed some of that stuff out. You because know? you know, I want to. She would know. talk to them on the phone and get a feel for for the person. Yeah, I mean, it's all about you know, body language too, or if that person can even look you in the eye, you know, when they're telling stuff or just, you know, may, and a bit then it could also, maybe they're just not comfortable talking about it yet, you know, and that's why they're not looking me in the eye or are they not able to look me in the eye because they don't want me to see they're a fraud, you know, <laughs> or they just want attention. Let's be on TV, you know, something like that. Also, you know, if someone's got someone on something going on and I know that they've contacted someone on TV first, I can pretty much guarantee in my mind I'm going to think it's bullshit. They're just trying to get on TV. But if they're trying to low key, I don't want anybody to know and they're talking about it, that's probably legitimate. You know, they don't want to put it out there. But people that want to put it out there, I got this, I'm going to call Zach, you know. <laughs> if you're trying to go to TV first, chances are I'm going to think it's bullshit. Just gonna say it. Well, just gonna put it I, out. And there I've like had that. people hit me up with stuff like, um, you know, th- this is going on in the house, and you know, there's a couple of networks in the past that have been interested in our story, but blah blah blah, um, they're not taking it. Do you want to take a look? As I guess thinking that maybe if I come in 
and take a look and give them some sort of credibility or backing, it will give like some sort of extra push for a network to pick up the story and, and get them on TV. Right. You know, so. like, hey, here's here's Mike Ricksecker, he's written these books, you know, Hunter Road Media, blah, 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 blah. You know, you know, he says it's cool, so you know. I don't know. Not that much of what I've done lately has gotten on TV, but yeah, might just believe it or not, it's not my goal to be on TV. No, it's it's just happened a couple times and you know that yeah. it is what it is. I mean I've been on there. Um you know, everybody's been on my ghost story, you know, uh, and and that's fine, you know. And then once, you know, for the goldenrod and stuff like that, but that wasn't for me, you know. It was for for the boat. So awareness to try to fucking save it. And I mean, yeah, it I don't. I mean, is, but right. I mean, the the couple times, you know, for for me. So you know, the haunted. Um, I mean, that was when I was with a prior group, and she had already had those connections with the production company um, that did The Haunted, which aired on Animal Planet. And so, I mean, she was submitting a lot of our cases up for them, and they there were five that we were working on that were in contention. One got taken, and that was the one we were working on. Um, so it's not like I was trying to do anything. I was just a part of a group that that happened to. Um, and with my ghost story, they were sending out feelers to like everybody so i end up with an email in my inbox and um you know so i i looked it up it's like okay this is legit i'll answer the questionnaire and i sent it back and then they came back okay you know we'd like your story we'd like to follow up on it okay cool um the ghost adventures thing that happened but didn't um Jeff Belanger reached out to me over Twitter. Um, and then next thing I know, I'm driving out to Oklahoma from Ohio for that. And we film and my, my part didn't get used. <coughs> Asshole. <clears throat> um, so, Sorry, so which is throat. expensive. Um, and then the latest thing here was um, was Russia. <laughs> There's a there's a TV station in Russia that wanted to um, ask me some questions about some different uh, haunted locations, um, primarily here in the U.S. and then around the world. Um, and so we just hooked up over Skype, and I answered some questions. So, and that's that's been it. It's, it's not like I'm actively pursuing um, getting on any of these things. It's just it's happened. That's it. So I actively pursue publishing books. <laughs> that's what I actively pursue publishing books because I've, I've been a writer since I was seven years old that has been my passion since um, I was very young all of this all of this is simply because I wanted to write <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to write books I, I put a meme out there um, it was several months ago I, I threw it up there on Instagram that was basically um I wanted to be a writer, but the world wanted more from me. And that, that's really been the case is I just, I, I wrote, I wrote my books, I wrote my stories. The Maryland book, I was asked to write it. I did not pursue, the, that was my first ghost book. Um, I'd had my mystery novel, Deadly Airs out. Um, I'd written a couple paranormal short stories. My editor for the Maryland book found me and asked me if I would like to write that book. So it's just 
you know, it's, it's been asked of me. Um, you know, the, the way this channel started was, um, you know, when I was putting out the Oklahoma book and, um, you know, I already had the Maryland book out there. So I'm like interacting with people within the paranormal community. Cause this is, you know, it's kind of, you know, moving. I've, I'd been on some of the different, you know, kind of shows like this where, you know, you know, being interviewed by some different, uh, people in places and you know I'm out there investigating a whole hell of a lot more so it's just kind of like working up to there and so you know one of the ideas was to you know take the stories that are in the Oklahoma book and do some videos on them and kind of show rather than just tell in the book you know it's a kind of basic principle of creative writing show don't tell so what better way to show especially these different cool, creepy, haunted locations, and to put it on video. And so um, it was just the Mike Ricksecker channel at that point. And then, um, you know, so the original videos, the older videos on here were originally on that channel. And then it became Haunted Road Media a few years later. And as, as it kind of grew into, you know, people asking me again and again and again the same questions about um, writing and how to get published, and in all of those sorts of things and i'd answer those questions and i'd throw them out to the wolves and give them some advice and throw them out to the wolves and i'd i'd, I'd kind of feel bad because it's like I, I don't know you know if, if that worked out for them um if if they were able to handle that all right i, I just I, I didn't know and so you know i kind of came up with the idea well why don't i just become the publishing company and help them through the process step by step and so that's where this, you know, came out of. So it's like, it's just, it's blown up into this over, over all the years when I just, I just wanted to write books. <laughs> I just wanted to write my books. That's it. Here we are. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, um, what do you guys got? <laughs> Tom McNicholas, when you write your own story, no one can delete or edit you, Mike. <laughs> Shauna edits me. I edit him. She edits me. I, I I do make mistakes because I'll be like, you know, writing. And then um, when I go back, you know, because I'll go back over it myself a couple of times. In my head, I know what the story says. I know the way it's supposed to read. So even when I go back and self-edit, I'll miss things because I know the way it's supposed to be but it might not actually be that way on the paper. So the other, another set of eyes works. Um, I will say that um, like J.R.R. Tolkien, um, he would not take any edits to The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings. You did not edit Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so the publisher got that message right away. <laughs> you, you don't edit Tolkien. Um, that's kind of funny. So, um, all right. Well, I guess we'll probably go ahead and wrap it up. So if you guys got anything else, throw it down there and we'll do shout outs and all that. I'm starting to lose my voice. Mm -hmm. um, even though I've been drinking all kinds of tea, um, in the first show, I, you know, I let uh, Vanessa take a lot of the chat, which I usually do because we'll talk more in here. So. All right. Um, 
Let's go ahead and so Super Chat Superstars, Andrew Cox and Tom McNicholas. Thank you both very much for being Super Chat Superstars tonight. Um, all right, so who do we got in here for shout outs? We got, oh, uh, Donna, thanks for Cheshire Caddy in the chat. Appreciate that. Um, there's Sharon Lane. Thank you very much, Sharon, for all the questions and everything tonight. Tracy Christian, thank you as well for watching. Tom McNicholas, deep down the rabbit hole, Patreon, Patreon, happy birthday to you. So deep down the rabbit hole, Patreon, Patreons. We've got Tom McNicholas, B3 Airspace, Zippy Davis, BD Flint, Pamela Queen, um, Andrew Cox, and Joe Chandler. Thank you guys very much. Um, so Melissa Smelko, thank you all. Have a good day. Thank you as well for joining us tonight. Uh, Melissa, really do appreciate that. Um, you know, stick around. We do this every Tuesday. And then we have uploads on uh, <clears throat> our Friday night ghost rights on Friday nights. And then I'm thinking I'm going to release that uh, cemetery video tomorrow or Thursday. It's like a special. So there's Sean Gilmore. He's got the frowny face going on. Dude, it's, it's after midnight in the East. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, oh, there's Spooky. There's Dawn. Uh, you have a good night. Same, uh, Kathy Siliento, thanks for joining us tonight. Candy Orton, thank you. Um, so check out Candy's uh, Variety Multimedia Network that um, she's come out with here. Uh, great stuff on there, including uh, Donna's new show, Willow's Bend. Um, there's the Haglin. Thank you, the Haglin, joined us again tonight. Um, who else do we got? So, um, yeah, there's B3 Airspace. Very cool. Yeah, uh, B3 Airspace, just let me know which book you'd like since you're already getting a copy of Encounters 4. Um, just choose. Um, there's Fairy Queen, Diane Hilbert. Good to see you. Uh, Tammy Heisman, thank you very much. She says, thank you guys. Love these talks. You know, we love these too. That's why we do them. Uh, Jill Nemchensky, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Um, there's Spooky. I think I said Don earlier. Uh, Betty Lange, yes, thank you for all the questions. Um, who else do we have? Uh, did we get our lurker? Yeah, we did. That was that was <laughs> Melissa Smelko. She was our lurker. I love that. Yeah, that was our funny. Lurker. That was really funny. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, Rick Gabbert. Thank you for uh, the questions tonight, hanging out tonight. Um, anybody who's new, please go ahead and subscribe. Uh, appreciate that. <laughs> um, we are getting, we'll do another at 10,000, another drawing at 10,000. That'll be a big one. So, um, yeah, there's real paranormal activity, the pot. I can't speak now. Real <laughs> paranormal activity, the podcast. Go check it out. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight. <clears throat> uh, Creatix Corvus Arts. That was Mickey Dole. She already checked out. Um, anybody else? I think that's going to be about it. And, and Adam Tillery. And there's Adam. the other lurker, Adam Tillery. Adam, whenever I finally decide to write my book, oh, yeah. I'll be doing a lot of drawing, man. I got a lot of stuff. Yep. I'll be doing the artwork. Yeah. yeah. Same deal as usual. All right. I guess that'll be about it. Whew. <laughs> it's, it's only Tuesday. It's already been a long freaking week. How is that possible? We have some cool stuff coming up, though. We do have some cool stuff because we are we're going to be out back out investigating on Saturday. We've got the we did all that um, traipsing through the woods <laughs> this past Saturday. So it was beautiful too. It was. It was. Oh I know God. you guys have seen a lot of the photos, but we have video footage of that coming up here. Um, next to the next day or two, I want to have. 
And if not tomorrow, I want to have it out on Thursday, and then we'll do Friday Night Ghost Frights. Um, so we'll make we'll have two videos there. There's going to be something coming, coming from coming. that too. Some research because there's like a little girl. Oh, yeah. There's a little girl in my head now. Yep. So yep. you Sean's know why is she there? Girl. I don't know. Yep. All right, everybody. You have a great night. We'll catch you later. Till next time.